Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. Exodus 15, verse 16 to 17. Let's read it. It says, Fear and dread shall fall upon the enemy because of the greatness of your arm, the enemy shall be like stone till your people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over. This is where we take our inspiration from. Till your people pass over. Amen. Amen. That the Lord opened the sea and made sure his people pass over. Prophetically, you are going to pass over into a new dimension of your life. Into a new realms of power and victory. The coming year is going to be a good year. In the name of Jesus, it's going to be a good year. I said it's going to be a good year. Whatever fought you in the past 10 years has lost its power tonight. You are going to get into the new year with the strength of the Lord. For by the greatness of God's arm, his people will pass over in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And not only that, look at that. It says, till your people pass over, the people that you have purchased, the Lord purchased us with his blood. So you are purchased of God. The enemy doesn't own you again. In Jesus' name. The family gods don't own you. So long as you are born again, they have lost the right to own you. And it says you shall bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which you have made for you to dwell in. In the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall bring you in and plant you in. When something is planted, you must have enough strength to uproot it. When man plants things, you may try to go and uproot. But when God planted us, you can't move it. You are planted. And in the coming year, the Lord is going to let you pass over from 2019 to 2020. And he will plant you. Hallelujah. He will plant you. I pray that you prophetically cut this message. You will be planted. In the marriage, you will be planted. And there is no force that can uproot you. In that business, you will be planted. Your business shall be established. And it will not be ejected from the land. In the new job that God gives you, you are not sackable till you decide to move on. In the name of Jesus. Are you here? The Lord shall move you and plant you. Someone lift your right hand and say, the Lord will plant me in my inheritance. In the name of Jesus, shout amen. Amen. Two things and then I will end. I want you to believe God and as you enter the new year, expect what was declared. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Then it says, believe his prophets and you shall prosper. One of them is standing before you. I pray that you will prosper. The days of pain are over. In the mighty name of Jesus. You have gone through a lot. 
it is all right. You are moving into a new decade, a new season. In Jesus' most excellent and holy name, by the power of his name, we will make new inroads. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Somebody shout prayer. Prayer. You need prayer in the coming year. Because this victory will be purchased by prayer. It will be maintained by prayer. It will still be secured by prayer. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout prayer. Prayer. And I'm not talking about the type of prayer you pray over food. Some of you pray very quickly when you see food. Some don't pray at all. By the time the food is already in your esophagus, that is when you remember to say, Father, thank you. And the thing is already gone. It's already gone. It's already gone. You are very fast. I want you to pray travailing prayers that bring down the glory. In James chapter 5, verse number 17 to 18, the Bible says Elijah was a man who had a similar nature like us. And he prayed earnestly that it will not rain and it did not rain on the earth for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He prayed earnestly. In the coming year, I want you to pray earnestly. There is what we call earnest prayers, fervent prayers. The scripture says in the verse 13 of the same chapter, it says, let's go back to that place. See, whatever the need is, Prayer is the key. Prayer doesn't make sense, but it works. Somebody tell someone, Bishop says, prayer doesn't make sense, but it works. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I want you to understand, prayer will bring results. When we pray to God, he will answer us. You see, God has established things in that even though he knows our needs, he wants us to pray. That is the law that has been established. And there are depths of prayer. There is a prayer that you pray. That's what I call the prayer that we pray over food. Blessed, bless, and we move on. But there is a prayer that you pray that involves your soul in the prayer. And you look at the, the situation. It is beyond human help. And that's where you bring God in. And when you want to bring God to town, it calls for what we call travailing prayers. Hallelujah. The Bible says in James chapter 5 verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him do what? Cry? Let him cry? Let him throw pity parties? No amount of worry will solve a problem. Every level of worry will add another worry. See, when you worry, you end up with health problems, and then you become worried about the health problems, and then on top of that, you worry about what first made you worry before the health problems developed. So you worry upon worry, and every level of worry does not solve a problem, but I came to announce to you, prayer works. And you must rebel against laziness and pray. When you know what you are dealing with, You can't just pray half-hearted prayers. You pray passionately and desperately to this mighty God. And there is nothing too difficult for him. Hallelujah. So when we say we should pray, it's not, you know, sometimes some people think that, oh, people who don't know what they're about talk about prayer. But we know what we're about. 
Amen. Amen. At least we have been to school. We are intellectuals. And we know the power of prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer works. And the Bible says, if anyone is suffering among you, let him pray. And if anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. And then the next verse, please come with me. Verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders or the pastors of the church. Let them do what again? Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. See, someone is sick. How does just praying, putting your hands and praying, solve the problem? It doesn't make medical sense, but it works. I said it works. In the name of Jesus, in the coming year, don't leave out prayer. Because we're going to move things by prayer. But they will have to be maintained by prayer. It will have to be sustained by prayer. When the marriage was birthed through prayer, it must be maintained by prayer. When the breakthrough comes by prayer, you must maintain it by prayer. Because the enemy will come after it. And that's why you can't afford to be lazy when it comes to pray, to prayer. Amen? See, we, we are busy with many things. But only when it comes to reading the Bible and praying, then we start yawning. It's a sign that something bothers the devil when you must pray. It's a spiritual attack. Because it doesn't matter when you begin to pray, things shift in the spirit. There are movements in the spirit. There are things that are spiritual and they are real. When you pray, things move. Hallelujah. But there is a proper way to pray. In Jesus' name. This, this cycle of delays and frustrations must be brought to an end. And there is a prayer that we will pray that will move things in Jesus' name. In the coming year, don't stop praying. Pray. Because things are going to be born by prayer and they will have to be sustained by prayer. Whatever gave birth to the thing you are having, you must maintain it by prayer. The Bible says, if there's anyone suffering, let him pray. If there's anyone afflicted, let him pray. He said, if anyone is even sick, let them call for pastors to pray. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I believe that God will do impossible things. Naturally and humanly impossible situations will be turned around by the power of prayer. And that's exactly what God has done. God knows we need certain things, but he has said that so long as you pray, I will respond. In Jesus' name. I want you to commit everything to God in prayer. It may not make sense, but you commit to God in prayer. You may not know how, but he will do it. Amen. Every stage of your life, commit it to God in prayer. Whether academically, maritally, socially, financially, whatever it is, learn to commit things to God in prayer. And don't stop praying. Hallelujah. As a family, pray together. In Jesus' name. Because the victory that is coming will attract a lot of enemies. See, next time I decide, you come back and say, Bishop said these things. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. See, I'm relaxed about what I'm telling you because I've seen some things. Yeah. God has opened my eyes to see what is going to come. Yeah. There is going to be great harvest and great victories. Yeah. But you attract a lot of enemies. Yes. And that is why I'm telling you, you must lift up prayer and maintain things in prayer in the name of Jesus. Yeah. When you pray effectively, it feels, it is like, you know, having an army watching over your property. Yeah. 
So your victory is coming. But you need to be a warrior in prayer. In Jesus' name. Be a prayer warrior over your children. In the name of Jesus. Don't just leave them. Pray. Seek God. Fast and pray. Every family must have a fasting day in the week. That's the level I'm calling you to. In the name of Jesus. Every family must have one day in the week that you are fasting as a family to maintain the victory and to secure things in Jesus' name. The world is not the same again. Things are moving in a very spiritual way. And it takes people who can descend the times to know what to do in Jesus' name. So the Bible says Elijah was a man like us. That's why he introduced Elijah like that. He says that you should pray. And let's, let's finish that one. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly. Did we finish 16? Yeah. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What that means is that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person produces much results. Hallelujah. Effective, fervent prayers. Not half-hearted prayers, fervent prayers, intense travail in prayer. You travail in prayer for hours. It opens the heavens. It changes things. It brings down fire. It brings down rain. It brings down victory in Jesus' name. The things that we need on the earth can be purchased from the spirit realm through the currency of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible says this effective prayer is not an easy one to pray. That is why he moved us to the next verse in 17. And he says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He had the same nature as us. He could be frail. He could be afraid. He was anointed by he was afraid. A woman threatened his life and he ran away. Jezebel threatened him and he ran away. So he has nature like us. And he prayed earnestly. That it will not rain. This is in 1 Kings chapter 17. He prayed earnestly that it will not rain. 17 and 18, chapter 17 and 18. He prayed earnestly that it will not rain. You see the word earnest? Fervently. Effectual, fervent prayer. He prayed earnestly that it will not rain and it did not rain on the land. How could prayer stop rain? It doesn't make sense. But it works. Hallelujah. So when he told us to pray, he referred us to the fact that if we talk about Elijah, you may say because he was anointed. But I'm telling you that Elijah was just like you. He was ordinary like us. No matter the situation. I don't know what the situation is. But I know that every situation will respond to prayer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The drought in your life must come to an end. Amen. The drought in the relationship must come to an end. The drought in the business must come to an end. In the name of the Lord Jesus. They prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain for, for three and a half years. And the Bible says he prayed again. Tell somebody pray again. He prayed, he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. He prayed again. And the heavens gave its rain. He prayed again. Don't stop prayer. No matter the challenge. If we read the account in 1 Kings, the Bible says he prayed and prayed and prayed and he sent his servant to go and check out whether anything has changed. 
The servants came back and said nothing. Sometimes after we have prayed, it feels like God had rather locked us and forgotten about us. But hang in there. Because every one of us, our case is different. And the things you are dealing with are different. At every level of prayer, you are dealing with layers of altars. I notice in the Bible that whenever there was a challenge, even Jesus, the Son of God, prayed. The Bible says when he was told about the death of Lazarus, he arrived. He had delayed four more days. And when he came, the guy has been buried. He's been dead four days. Someone has been dead for four days. This is a medical impossibility to try to raise the person back to life. He's dead. He's dead. When someone dies, after about eight hours, there's, there's nothing you can do about it anymore. There's nothing you can do about it. Because all kinds of chemistries have taken place. So it's not possible to wait for three days. Fourth day. He's already been buried in this Mediterranean heat, the body has started decomposing already. Going through all kinds of decomposition. Let's leave it there like that for that. Decomposition. Amen. And Jesus comes in there. And the Bible says in John chapter 11... Verse 39, as I round up the message. Jesus arrives. They have laid a, a stone on the tomb. The guy is dead. He's been buried. He's been buried for four days, dead. And the Bible says, Jesus said, take away the stone. But Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he is thinking. For he had been dead for four days. Jesus is a master of stinking situations. I don't know how your thing is, your situation looks messy and is stinking, but inviting him by prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's exactly what these sisters did. If you read from verse 1, the Bible says, they sent for Jesus and said, the one you loved, he is sick. And Jesus didn't mind them. He waited two more days and then the guy dies. And now that the thing is dead, you are coming. But I want you to know, bring him in. When it looks dead, that's where he blows. Hallelujah. I don't know what is dead in your life, but prayer brings Jesus in, and he will bring it back to life. Your faith is important at this point. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, so Jesus comes in, and he says, take the stone away. The sister said, but this one is not good, because he's thinking by this time. Jesus said to her, didn't I say to you that if you will believe, you will see the glory of the Lord? In the coming year, I want you to believe, Amen. and you will see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Whatever appears dead can come back to life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. if your health appears dead, there is only one God who can sort it out. Amen. The maker of your body is the one who can repair it. Amen. In Jesus' name, Amen. hallelujah. Amen. Things that are dying around you must begin to live again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Shout amen. amen. He says, you see the glory of the Lord. 
Then they took away the stone from the place. They believed what he said. And when they took it away from the place of the person who was dead, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, in other words, he prayed, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I, I knew that you hear me always. But because of the people that are standing by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. So even in this situation that appears impossible, Jesus prayed. And I want you to pray. I want you to believe God. I want you to ask God. I want you to pray by faith. No matter the situation, learn to call on God. In Jesus' name. Don't stop praying. See, the reason why we stop praying most of the time is because we are analyzing things. And thinking about how is that going to work. Is this, is, is this even a matter for God? Has he complained? Give it back to him. Hallelujah. He hasn't complained. The issue is you. Have faith in him. In Jesus' name. No matter the nature of the issue, take it to God in prayer. He responds. In Jesus' name. He responds. Doesn't matter. No matter the situation in the home, whether children are becoming difficult or not, there's a point where your shouting will not do anything. But you can shout in prayer. And the God who hears will deal with them. He will deal with their hearts and turn it around. In Jesus' name. And he has a beautiful way of doing it. Just learn to do that in prayer. The issue is that we can't wait in prayer. Because sometimes, because we have been brought up in this sort of system, fast food system, we want everything so quick and fast. So after we have prayed for one hour and nothing seems to happen, we give up on God and try to use our own connections until we get disconnected. Stay in prayer Amen. and God will come through. Amen. I see walls falling down. Amen. I see opposition giving way. Amen. I see divine provision coming your way. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. shout amen. amen. So Jesus prayed. The second thing that we have to do in the coming year is in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 to 4 it says enlarge the place of your tent so you must do something after we have prayed you don't stop there you must do something you must enlarge the place of your tent because it's a season for creating capacity we are still in our new dimensions, but new dimensions, subtitled, creating capacity. Amen. You must create capacity. Create capacity for growth. Hallelujah. It says stretch out. Enlarge the place of your tent. You can't be asking God for something and you have created a small place. Open it wide and let God fill it. In Jesus' name. Stretch your imaginations. Don't just limit yourself. Open things up. Stretch. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. Look for bigger things. God is not afraid to do big things. Sometimes you have been conditioned to like small things. Little things. Little progress. In the name of humility. There's false humility. And sometimes actually it is timidity. That we are hiding under the cover of humility. Dare to do great things. Amen. Step out and do some things. Amen. Amen. Enlarge the place of your tent. Look for bigger things. Amen. If you are employing four people, start dreaming about 100 people. Your business cannot remain on a table. 
it must move into a shop. Enlarge the place. And he says, let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. God is about to do something. He says, begin to give me room. Give me room. Give me room. You can't be asking for an aeroplane. In what in Africa they call chamber and hall. I mean, you need wide space for, for tarmac. Create capacity. Self-limiting beliefs must give way from today. You can do it. There is greatness in you. Rise to that level of greatness. In Jesus' name. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the cuttings of your dwellings. And then he says, do not spare. You know what that means? It means do not hold back. No excuses. No delays. See possibilities and step out into it. We love excuses and postponing things to tomorrow. What we must do today. Get up and do something now. Stretch out the curtains. See possibilities. Tell someone, see possibilities. Lift the business from where it is to the next level. Lift the ministry to the next level. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's stop looking for hundreds and let's start looking at thousands. Amen. It is possible to see thousands. Amen. It is possible to do big things. Amen. That's why God gave you a brain. When you fly, I believe everybody in this room has flown before. When you sit on an aircraft and you're looking at the world, don't you see how big the world is? And God was not afraid to create such a big world. Why are you afraid to do big things? He says, don't hold back. Amen. In the coming year, if you must build, build. You must buy that house. Buy it. Stop being afraid. Step out. It is when you step out that you find out that it is still possible to possess territories. Stretch out your mind. Open your mind. If you are limited, get out and go and see some big things. It will challenge your mind. That's what God did with Abraham. He said to him, you are going to be a father of many nations. In case you are not catching it, come out of your house. And the Bible said, God walked Abraham out of his house and said, look at the skies. See the stars. Try to count them. So you can't count them. That's what I'm talking about. He opened his understanding. He opened his imagination. Stop thinking small things. I'm talking about big things. And say, I haven't finished with you. Come with me to the seaside. I said, I'm going to give you descendants. And if you're not catching it, try to count the sand by the seaside. Can you count it? If you can't, that's the picture I'm giving you. Dream big. And when Abraham began to cut the concept, he began to confess and declared a change of name. So he changed his name from Abram, that means exalted father, to Abraham. In Hebrew is Abraham, that means father of many nations. He began to confess what he has imagined. There is the power of imagination in you, and God won't do outside what you see. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Okay. Dream big, see big things, and step into it. Don't be afraid. If you step into it and you failed, you have done well than the one who didn't attempt at all. Yes. And don't be afraid of people mocking at you. They haven't tried. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. 
Don't laugh at someone who is doing something you haven't tried. You have been afraid. And you dare laugh at someone. Don't be afraid of people mocking at you. Take one step. Every big thing we have seen around, somebody failed before. But they were ready to think big and to move in and get things done. Hallelujah. So being a Christian is not just to limit yourself to some small things. Get out and do big things. It's a stretch out. Stretch out your imagination. Amen? Let's finish it up. For It says, and do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your position. If you are into something, see how you can add value to yourself. Study more and add some value. Add some further degrees and further knowledge. Strengthen your course so that when anything happens, you can't be moved. Don't stay on the same job with the same level of qualification you entered in. Times are changing. You'll be sitting there and people will come and come and sit on you. Move into some things. Hallelujah. Diversify, add value, and raise the game. Are you here? Because otherwise your salary will remain the same. You bind and loose still. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stake on the business, in the job, in the marriage, in the relationship. Do something. Add value. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't stay with the same middle school living certificate. Some of you don't know what that one is. It used to be called standard seven. It used to be the standard there. But now we have passed it long ago. Glory be to Jesus. GCU O-level has passed long ago. Those days when people have that one, they work in banks. Today you can't even get ice water to sell with that degree. You, the certificate, you can't. You cannot. Things are moving on. The Bible says in the last days, knowledge shall abound. So you must catch up. Strengthen your stakes. Amen. Strengthen your stakes. In the coming year, tell somebody, strengthen your stakes. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. If you are in a relationship, strengthen your stakes. Married people, strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. Your romance must be strengthened. And it is time for you to come in. All the protons. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Strengthen your stakes in the relationship. Don't create a boring relationship. And make things one way. Before marriage, you were dressing and then you got married. You are are dressing like a a slave in the house. Because the, the man cannot marry or he can't go behind you. So, so you, you think you can make things boring. Sister, cheer up. And spice the relationship. And brothers, you are becoming very boring. 
Christian brothers are becoming so unromantic. Strengthen your stakes. Brothers, spice things up. Hey! 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 We will finish it on Sunday, but strengthen your stakes. Hallelujah. Strengthen your stakes. Open things. I said, look at the final results. He says, for you are going to expand to the right and to the left. Amen. And that expansion was not going to be automatic. You must do some things so that the provision of God will fit into it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why you must strengthen your stakes. You can't be binding your, you know, one day a couple gave me a lift in another country. And we, we were traveling. And then the, before I could realize that the wife who was sitting in front just held the husband's head and directed it to the road. And I said, what's going on? I said, Pastor, he's looking at that lady. <laughs> Man. So I said, well, what is it? He said, he's been doing it. I said, Charlie, why? I said, you can't tell me you are admiring nature. If, if what you are seeing is beautiful, put that on your wife. If what you see someone wear is nice, just put it on your wife. So I told him, yeah, I know. You, you are looking at that slim waist. Because this one seems to... You, you, you played a role in the expansion of that waist. She's had three children for you. Take her to the gym. Pay for it. Encourage her. Take it on. Strengthen your stakes. Are you here? I'm warming up. I'm warming up. Let's finish this. Oh, Jesus. Are you being blessed? Hallelujah. It says, because you are going to expand to the right and to the left, and then your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. When you have done all this, you will step into territories that no one has set up a business and you will do some great things. Amen. Hallelujah. We will step into cities and plant churches there. Amen. Desolate cities, spiritually desolate places shall be inhabited. Amen. Spiritually desolate humans shall be inhabited by the Spirit of God. Amen. When you establish things, you will be able to do some of these things. And the Bible says this blessing will come, but you must first strengthen your stakes. Expand, enlarge your tents, open your mind, see stuff, go and get exposure. Amen. Stay in your corner and become a local champion. Go out there and see. Move on to the next level in Jesus' name. And don't listen to those who say it is not possible. It is possible. When you receive inspiration, move out and get things done. It shall be so. Heaven will back you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. When those right brothers decided to put a plane first time to fly it, there was no pilot association. There was no institution that awards pilot certificate. If they had to consider all of this before, no, nothing would have flown. But they decided against all odds to carry on with their dream. And today we are flying. There are some big things in you. I came to announce to you, strengthen your stock, Amen. your stakes in Jesus' name, Amen. and it shall be well. Amen. In the coming year, may prayer and this be your guide. Amen. And may you work through them 
painstakingly and may the Lord take you to new places. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout amen. Amen. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus 447376355621 on the web www.christchurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International, Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.